What I'm saying is if you don't look closely at the DHB before you draw, if it has even begun to crash, fuck your life. Hey, what's going on, guys? On this episode of Blood, Sweat, and Gear, we are talking about DHB, dihydroboldenone, also known as one test sip, uh, one of the more exotic compounds out there. But this isn't like a steroid profile kind of podcast. Instead, uh, we're talking about how do we apply DHB in the real world? Do we use it? Skip, Andrew, and I, we've all been coaching for years now. Uh, we've helped thousands of people transform their physiques. And uh, the question is, is like, how do we apply DHB into programs if we do so we're going to talk about that uh, plus we've got all your listener questions if you guys want to take part in the next show then comment below plus comments likes all that stuff it helps to boost us in the algorithm i appreciate everybody who has been commenting on our shows you guys are freaking awesome and hey if you're new here let me encourage you to hit the subscribe button and hit the bell uh, we have several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week featuring IAPB pros, uh, experienced coaches like Andrew Skip and myself, and educators in our industry. We're all here to help you do better at the sport that we love, stay safer in the process, and have as much fun as possible. So, all right, guys, let's get to the program. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear. I'm Scott McNally, of course. I'm here with coaches Skip Hill and Andrew Berry. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for additional savings. As I always say, reach out to me if you have any questions about them. High-quality third-party tested supplements. Use our code THINK. Um, go to supplementsource.ca. If you're in Canada, get some awesome deals over there. Free shipping, over $99.00 different sales each week so continue to check their site out constantly uh tell them we sent you and of course go to uh strong sports nutrition if you're in the uk we've got great supplements over there uh great health stuff especially guys we've got a special topic today we're gonna talk about some steroids we've got uh, a <laughs> dhb dihydroboldenone which is kind of like a used to be a rare impossible to get exotic steroid now it's the steroid that uh, everybody who's run everything else then asks us about hey what do you think about dhb <laughs> and so today it's we're gonna new trend we're gonna it's talk to them yes we're gonna talk to them about <clears throat> dhb and i wanted to get your personal experiences your experiences coaches uh and just your take as people who have been uh like you know, as Skip says, Skip's a professional drug user. He's been using drugs for a long time. No, we've seen we've seen a lot through the years. We see a lot of trends come and go, mm -hmm. and so I, I thought we, we yes we could uh, we could elaborate on that. Where do we start here? My guys? mom told me to go with my strengths, so I just use a lot of drugs. <laughs> that's what you're good at. Yeah, that's what I'm good at. I'm not good at a lot of things, but I'm good at that. <laughs> I've used DHB but, twice. I can tell you that much. <laughs> and when I used it, it was hard to find. It was a like a, a really rare compound. One company pretty much like at the time brought it back and I found it to be hit or miss. I found for myself, I was able to tolerate it. One of the major issues that happens is people end up getting very, 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 very painful shots. And I think that that could Why be is that? a limiting Why factor. Is that? I don't know the science on that. Do you guys? I'm going to guess I, at it. Andrew, you go, go first. You know, you probably the think that, the same thing I am. Well, one of, one of the reasons is the solvent that it's, right? Yeah, yeah, abs yeah, it can definitely be the salt. But I, I'm going to add one more to it. I think that if you don't fucking pay attention 
And I don't drop many F-bombs anymore. Have you noticed that? Andrew probably hasn't, but Scott, he probably like, God, Skip doesn't drop too many F-bombs. Did you clean? You did clean it up. That's interesting. I, I have. Yeah. He's, he's got a list right say up I'll, in the top corner of his computer I, of words he can't say based take, off of listeners yeah. uh, complaining. And I've started kind of to say the R word three times oh, today, but shit. I have not said it. We got to talk Didn't about that. It. After DHB, yes, we have we to talk about the R word. But yes, carry on. Because that's a, been a problem for us. We're trying. But anyway, what I'm saying is if you don't look closely at the DHB before you draw, if it has even begun to crash, fuck your life. <laughs> You're asking for it really because it's a big risk for an abscess aside from just pain. Yeah. But yeah. it really it's I don't know. I can't think of another compound at 100 meg per mil. That has that is more likely to crash. If I had is it twelve bottles of DHB right now? Yeah, I think so. I thought it was two. Well, Hold that's on. why yours is crashing around the corner. Yeah, <laughs> to find it. Do you really? I say it. Yeah, I say yeah go, it's go grab it. Go grab it. I thought it yeah. was two. I thought it was two. It's in sipinate yeah. usually, right? Yeah, it's test uh, one test sip, but. It, I don't think it runs at 200. It might. I may be completely wrong. But, but, I'm but sure. yeah, anyway, though, I, I that caught my ear. But yeah, so the point is, is yeah. it, it definitely, it, it, I can't think of another compound that at that strength is so prone to crashing. I mean, if I went, like I said, if I had 12 bottles and I haven't paid attention to them for a while, eight or nine of them would be crashed. And I would have to bring them back to life. Mm. And it's a common, it's just a common thread. It just doesn't stay in solution very well. Whoa. Watch, he's going to verify it's 100. I was going to say 200. So it's 100, right? There you go. Drum roll. Drum roll. 100. Oh! Well, I need it. And I don't, I like to win, but not as much as you like to lose, Scott. As much as I like to lose? (laughs) As much as it pains me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) The point being is it it is a huge, it's a huge crasher. Yeah. Um, Andrew was gone, but that's basically what I was getting at. I, I'm telling you, that shit is painful. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes... Just because something is painful, you people will think, well, I can't use it again. Or like Prope is a good example. I've never had an issue with Prope. And then all of a sudden, I cannot fucking use Prope because it will cripple me in very small. And I thought it was just like maybe a batch or it was this bottle or no. It's just Prope in general. But I'm not getting rid of it if I had it. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. If I had 15 bottles of it, I would hang on to it because I know in time because – I have been a professional drug user for so many years that I'm going to continue to be one. And there will be a time soon that I may be able to tolerate it. Uh, how I got to probe, I don't know. But the point is, is the DHB is usually painful for um, for most people. Very effective. Though. Yeah. So I'm looking at, I probably used maybe half of one of these bottles I don't know, three or four years ago, just to try it out. None of them appear to be crashed. I'm, I'm trying to inspect them against the light. And it was oh, still that's because yours are painful. fake. It's just solvent. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. go ahead. It's EQ, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get the real shit. Sorry, Andrew, your stuff is bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, but but beyond that, 
my take on it, like from the minute I smelled it, from the oh. minute I injected it, yeah, um, my body smelled. My body got sore. Like I've never. I don't think I've ever really been toxic off drugs, but yeah. I would say that this drug only running. I think I did maybe ten days worth, and I was probably planning on four hundred megs a week or something like that. Whew. My body felt toxic, like really toxic, mm-hmm. to the point where I just pulled it out, and they've been sitting in my safe for three or four years now. So, yeah. and I. I mean, I think we have some evidence that, like I showed you, I mean, I'll tell the story in a minute, I guess, but that, that blood work that I yeah. sent you, I don't know if you want to pull that up now. Sure. Yeah. What was the situation so, here? This is a client of yours, huh? Yeah. One of my clients, I guess he's very organized and he has like his testosterone next to one test sip next to, you know, everything. Um, and he kind of organizes it and he was grabbing what he thought was testosterone. Okay. And I think we have him running like 600 megs of testosterone a week or something like that. Yeah. Um, no, maybe we're probably doing like 450 of like test prop or something like that. Seeing as, you know, these are hundred milligrams uh, per ML and he was mistakenly taking um, uh, DHB instead of testosterone. Damn. And like within like, I think two weeks, he, uh, when he, oh, sorry, he switched bottles. So that's what, what the issue was. He had switched providers and their bottles looked the same as his testosterone. And so anyway, he was taking DHB and like he started feeling like oh he started looking like he had jaundice his urine started to be kind of cloudy and he had lost his appetite he had lost his desire to go into the, the gym to train yeah um, so and he's really up on doing his labs and everything so he was able to get labs done like that day and this is what we got and we were trying to scratch our heads trying to figure out like what the heck is going on here yeah. until he like goes and looks at his drugs and he's like oh shit I've been taking DHB I've never taken it before and. But anyway, for people that are listening, like his his ALT and AST are like through the roof, like ten times higher than they should be, almost in some cases. That's yeah. um, yeah. crazy. Levels are high, triple digits. Um, yeah, like pretty much every every lab marker is off um, in terms of like liver health. Hmm. So, and this was just off of I think those two are or for three the record. Weeks. Those are like thirty times as high. I'm sorry to I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, split sorry. Numbers. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. it's fucking. I, I, I don't want like. Like you need to, people need to understand. Like these numbers are fucking insane. Well, just to give an example, yeah, like ALT, nasty. you know, nine to forty-six, uh, uh, was it micro units per liter? Is that right? Um, it's considered normal, and it's his is three thousand four hundred and twenty-six. So, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, I've never had a client with levels that high. Like in my life, I've never seen that. So that's yeah. that's yeah. scary as shit. I haven't used it for a long time. I never. I never ask clients to use it, and uh, at this point, um, I, I guess I just never. Because it's funny, Skip. I really couldn't remember. Like I used it in two thousand and nine, and then again in like two thousand and eleven, maybe. And it's been so long. I didn't even remember how many milligrams per milliliter it was, and I never talked to clients about it because we we just don't use it. There's, in my opinion, better. You know, I, we can do it without it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a certainly not a. I wouldn't consider it a go-to, but I've seen enough, you know, blood work. I think you guys probably have too, but I don't know if you've seen a lot like to compare or contrast with that DHB, but I've not seen anything uh, myself included with, I mean, those are like, that's scary. And this wasn't an oral. I mean, that's that's just so bad. Not an oral drug. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it literally looks like maybe that. he was drinking it or something. I, and I only <laughs> yeah. say that not clearly he wasn't, but I'm thinking, like, how the fuck could an injectable? How long had he been doing it? Like, how long do you think those numbers were that I think elevated? It's, I think we estimated between three and four weeks worth. Okay. And keep in mind, this guy God takes damn. every supplement under the sun for liver health, um, you know, blood sugar health, or all organ health supplements. He's on top of that game. So, you know, this is with some heavy supplementation involved. You know, he, he takes it year round. So, um, yeah. yeah. And when we say like, oh, well, the liver re regenerates, there's a point that it doesn't. You know, oh, like when you when you get far enough, that's when you do like for real legit damage. And I think if you ran that long enough, like imagine, OK, somebody who is using DHB as he was, if he wasn't getting labs. Think about how many people out there are still not getting labs. You know, mm -hmm. they, it, that could be a terrible thing. Now, that said, man, I, you know, I didn't get labs until after my contest. Uh, I don't remember anything being like really wacky. I'll also tell you that the DHB I used, I don't remember it smelling weird. I remember I'd get some like uh, test no ester that had like that real small, s strong, like glycol smell to it. Mm -hmm. This was just like a regular oil smell. It was an MCT. Yeah, was it? It was an M Mine so, was an MCT yeah. from what I remember. And I do remember getting some shots that nodded up. But I always mixed it with other stuff. And I always found that, you know, like if I could cut it with, you know, a milliliter of test or something, I, I didn't have any issues with it personally. But I've had, know, I knew people maybe. who used the same brand and did. Okay. Well, I was going to say maybe we uh, the glycol is what's having the main effect on the liver. And I was wondering about that, you know, could he have a bad Let reaction me ask you to this. solvent? That's where I was... That's where I was wondering. Yeah, I don't know enough about this. solvents. I'll be the first to admit that I don't oh, know damn. which Oh, damn. Okay, because that's where I was going to go. The most toxic, you said that that was probably the most toxic thing you ever took, and I immediately went to uh, injectable Anadrol. I'm good with for about a week, and then I can taste it. Mm. And it is like I'm sucking on a really cheap fork. You know how those forks sometimes yeah. are very metallic, or you bite on it, and it like your teeth are sensitive because yeah. it's so cheap, or there's something in it. It's just weird. It's like when... Andrew, like that jewelry you get for your wife that makes her skin green, it's like the same. <laughs> no, nah, I only thing. send that Sorry. to yours. Oh, that was well good. Played, that was good. Well played. <laughs> I like that. Okay, so the that's what I'm wondering. I don't know what it was mixed with, but that that metallic would that be that? It would be, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, be, yeah. I, that, I've gotten that. that. I've gotten that taste horrible, before from horrible from glycol. Oh my God. Well, so I, w I would wonder because I've seen, like I said, I've seen a lot of blood work. I mean, I don't want to say like a ton, but I've seen enough that I've seen, you know, 10, 12, maybe 15 people with their blood work that have used it, including myself. And there's never been anything that has been, I mean, I don't want to say like that because that's, that's a yeah. really bizarre, but not even anything that would be like liver enzymes elevated to like, you know, three or 400 or something, which mm -hmm. Is is alarming in the sense that okay something's going on, but that's not shut your liver down yeah. values. And that's so, why sometimes when people think oh no, I'll quit with this, but sometimes people think well God you know I've been at eighty and it's like you're not going to lose your liver tomorrow. Yeah, you're it's fine. not. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's okay till you get to them thousands. <laughs> but, so when you used it, Skip, what did you get from it? Like, what was the effect? Well, um, aside from the horrible PIP, which I was running a lot of stuff with it too. So um, what I did was I put it in and I used it instead of like pretty much like in the place of EQ. 
So, which is kind of funny because you can run EQ and it's such a small volume because every, you know, most EQ is 400 milligram these days. And then all of a sudden I'm like, no, I'm running a lot of gear. I think I'm going to go down to like a hundred meg per mil because I want to have like 20 mil of shit to shoot each week. But oh. I do know you guys remember, I don't know if that, that's just a number I threw out there, but it was, uh, right, it was back course. in 2020 before I tore my, my uh, glute. But, I, I remember talking to you guys about this, about how voluminous the shots were and how much yeah. over time it was starting to really like cripple me. Yeah. And I pulled yeah. a couple, like I pulled one compound one week. I'm like, well, that wasn't it. Then I put it mm. back in. Then I pulled the one next week. And when I pulled the, the DHB and you have to understand that DHB probably made up one fifth of that mm. injection and it was gone. Damn it. Like, yeah, it, so it was pretty, <laughs> pretty pronounced. And I was checking all the time to make sure that it wasn't crash. I mean, half the time I would, I would heat it just to, just to make damn, damn sure. But, um, yeah, just, I, I what did I get from it? I mean, you know, I'll be honest. There were so many other compounds in there that I can't single it out, but I have used it also in a non-cutting or non-prep situation. And and I the reason I say that is because I typically only use two, maybe three compounds when I'm not cutting, um, and it's much lower dose. So I have used it before, and I don't know. I mean, I can't really say specifically that, oh, my God, it was just so – but it upheld everything that EQ ever did. Um, and the blood work was slightly better. I'd say that okay. without getting into. We got the question um, the, with the RBC rays. How, how does that compare to EQ in, you know, based off of from what you remember off your experience? For and, me, it was less. Okay. For me, it was less. That's, that's yeah. what I saw too. And, and do you remember what your dosing was? Cause I ran it at two different doses. I would have to check. I'm, I'm, okay. I keep all those notes, but I can't rattle off. I remember I'm a professional drug user, so I've used a lot of drugs at different dosages, and I Understood. can't remember what they were. I ran, uh, but for the cut, it was big. Yeah, I ran uh, 400, and then I it ran was every 600. bit of that for the cut. Yeah, I ran 600 the second time, and I, I did find EQ like effect, but like a lot more vascularity. I just remember that I was just like. And one of them was an off-season phase, and I just was like walking around with veins popping out of my arms, just constantly more than EQ would. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I know some guys that literally only used DHB for their prep. Like, yeah, like, I could I'm see talking that as a standalone, as a standalone. Comment. No shit, no not even test. Really. Wow. No, I mean, now hmm. keep in mind this person was very genetically blessed. Um, you know has much better genetics than the three of us and walks around in the off season at probably 6% body fat. So for them oh. to get in contest shape, they need to get to four and a half or so, you know, Nate Spear, but no, no, yeah. no. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was just like <laughs> trying to drop the hammer on him. On Nate. No, no. no, you guys don't know who it is. Okay. Um, but, uh, and anyone sure, to show up too. At, at 50 years old, he looks like he's 33 years old. Not even like not exaggerating when no he told kidding. me he was 50, yeah. my mind was, my mind was blown. But anyway, um, cause the reason why I got turned on to it, I was like, man, what, what are you taking right now? Cause he'd look different than I'd seen him in the past. You know, we only see each other at the big national shows or pro shows and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, man, what are you, what are you using right now? And this guy hooks up a lot of my clients as well as myself. And he's like, oh dude, all I run now is DHB just huh. straight up. 
year round is my only compound. And I'm like, even that show you did last year? And he's like, DHB. None of the trends, none of the other shit, like just DHB. And I'm like, Whoa. what? Huh. So, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, I, I know I was the tightest I had been in a long time in 2020. Yeah. Yeah, and it was part of the reason that I was, I mean, obviously I was fucked up from the injury, but everything had rolled so smooth and everything was going so well. I was on fucking cruise control. I don't know what part, you know, the DHB played other than that was the first time I had used it in a major cutting phase like that. And I'm telling you, it was like, it was, I, I mean, it was a fucking cakewalk. I hate to say it, but it really was. Well, you sold crazy. everybody. Everybody's getting well, on DHB now. Well, here's the problem. But again, like I said, this is where I, I was know, going with. Yeah, of course. This, I'm, I'm this is where I was going with that joking. last story, though. Um, yeah. And I forgot to fa- finish up with it. Like, unfortunately, we never really do just standalone cycles now, right? right. At, at least in our, in our development or whatever, and with many of our clients, too, right? So it's really hard to say exactly what one compound exactly does with somebody. And yeah. I used to appreciate how Matt Porter would do individual standalone compounds for like two months, test his labs. And, you know, I know he did it with like Anavar. He did it with underground tests versus his prescri- uh, prescribed Watson testosterone. Oh, he, did, that's right. he had better yeah. levels on the um, underground test. Um, yeah. So I just think it's so hard for us to pinpoint, especially when you're in prep and you're under four weeks out and you're getting peeled. It's like, that, that's kind of a blur at that point anyway. You're kind yeah. of, I don't want to say kitchen sink in it, but you're like, oh, you know, maybe I'll throw a little of this Anavar I have laying around too, or maybe I'll throw a little bit of, you know, I'll throw the master on in a little bit earlier or whatever, you know. Yeah. When I ran um, it for the off season, it was just that and test alone. Okay. Um, and, and so that was a pretty good read. I will say this though, because like, we're, you know, we're talking about the pain and stuff. The reason I, I don't like to use it with clients is I just don't want to take that risk. Like if we're setting up a cycle and everything's going really good and it's time to add the gear, the worst possible thing you can have happen is have to stop doing what you're doing, you know? And it's like, if we can get everything we need and as boring as that sounds, just going off of the basics, you know, like the old school stuff that everybody already knows about, I would much rather do that and just play it safe than take a risk and then have to find out like, well, shit, we're three weeks in, we're going to have to pull this. You might have a gluten infection. And, uh, you know, then we got to like, well, I guess we're going to use EQ now if you heal, you know? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. So anyway, anything, any other thoughts you guys want to throw in on this one? Yeah. You know, let me ask you guys this. It's just a question that I really have never been truly able to, and it might seem silly to the listeners, but I don't equate injection pain with like all the time with like, oh shit, this could be an abscess. I mm-hmm. don't oh, no. think that they're one in the same. Uh, you know, you can have pain without the risk of a. If it gets bad abscess. enough, it can wall itself off, well, though. Like well, I think you- we're talking about the difference between a bacterial and a non bacterial abscess. And Scott was talking about a non bacterial abscess where, like you're saying, yeah. you create enough of a cavern in there that it starts to wall itself off. So it's really just a. Um, like a bolus and, nodule of oil that's yeah, sitting there okay. and exactly. infl- inflaming you. Like, and I had a friend who was doing that with a product and he literally, he went to a nurse, he went to the doctor one time and they pulled out like a five CC worth of it. And he knew that they didn't get all of it. So he went home and he pulled out six more five CCs, uh, six, five CC syringes of this like disgusting colored gunk right out of in his shoulder, like deflated and look normal again. Like, it's it's crazy. See, now I was told you're not supposed there. to do that because if it encapsulates, 
then any bacteria in there is kept away from the blood system. And if you try to uh, get it out of there, well, then you can actually become like septic. septic. Well, no, so he had no sign. Okay, so here's what I do when people are like, hey, when, when they say they have a bad shot or they think they have an abscess or whatever, I'm like, all right, why don't you take your temperature for a few days? Is, do you have a fever? You know, to me, that's the first indicator. Your body's going to start telling you if you have a a bacterial infection, if their if their temperature is normal, I'm like, okay, you can absolutely drain that yourself or let's better yet. Let's, let's not use that compound or switch, switch, rotate sites better, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, But I will say this, I have nodules in my legs that are about the size of probably larger than ping pong balls. Yeah. And, and they've been there for like, I can't inject Mm-hmm. in that area because it's just done. I have ruined that area with scar tissue and Damn, it's, yeah. it, you can't get rid. Like I've had them work on it as painful as they are. And they just don't, they, the one, it is the one so guy finally said, he goes, and he goes, I can keep taking your money, but I'm not going to be able to get rid of this. No shit. So wow. yeah. yeah. And I would love to go in there and just suck something out of there. Cause I know there's well, some shit in there. Well, let's put it this way. They came up solidify. on the MRIs. Check this out. They came up on the MRI for my torn glute. Yeah, and they said that I had a tumor. Yeah, <laughs> you're like in my nah, I know quad, and I'm like, yeah, it's just from injection. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's right in the same area. Like, what do you think? But anyway, yeah, yeah, it was I don't huge. think in your it case that, that there's oil still sitting there at this point. I think it's just encapsulated. The tissue's grown around it. You've created new vascular. That's what I'm thinking. Vascular. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking yeah. too. And that's why I don't. I don't fuck think oil is still sitting there. Because I don't know if there is bacteria yeah. in there and it comes out looking like a color that is not from this world and then I end up being septic. But anyway, oh. I digress. Yeah. This stuff was like like if you dyed mayonnaise pink. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know what? I'm almost thinking like Look it's going to be a pus bag. <laughs> I'm going to send you guys the pictures. Ugh, that's yeah. so gross. Yeah. All right. That's let's right. see. Let's see if we got some questions here. Oh, wait. Before we do, we did have something we needed to talk about. And that is the R word. And this is, I say that and it sounds kind of funny, but um, we're trying to get better at this. So we can't say the R word anymore. And how can we, some people might not even know what we're talking about when we say R word, Skip. Basically, we we had a listener who was like, hey, I know you guys don't mean anything by it, but I was, you know, it's offensive. And I get it. And that the R word isn't something we can say, even in a positive way, because sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, that guy's quads are effing, you know, and it's right. I got to come up with but a I different don't think word. Saying the word to make the point of what the word is, is, is bad. We're so can I say, like, skip it. your f- fucking. Re- no, don't, yes, I can't say exactly. I can't say it that way, though. No one out there is going to take offense it, to it. So okay. like, <laughs> in, in the world we live in today where everyone tries to find offense and everything, someone's going to take offense, even if you mean a positive connotation. So, yeah, yeah. retarded. That's the, that's the word. But I'm bad. And we're going to try not to say it anymore because like we had this lister say it and we're like, oh, yeah, you know what? We probably shouldn't do that anymore. And then lo and behold. Victoria was on the show with us the next week and she was like, oh, yeah, you guys said retarded like three times. <laughs> like we didn't even well, know we didn't even is, know like we all grew up in like a time period where you use you know vernacular changes yeah. all the time right and we all grew up in a time period where you could just say things and no one's like oh you're being you're trying to be overly offensive or you're you're you know i don't know what is someone says just say it's so biden it's so biden <laughs> but that's not a good thing though i can't be like dude that guy's legs are so biden you know that's well that wouldn't be used in that context at all They'd be yeah like, dude those legs are trump yeah, 
Those legs are DeSantis, man. Those legs are DeSantis. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway. so we went from the R word to now offending half of our <laughs> listenership. Who's no, 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 so no, no, no. I've done a poll. We're not going to fucking win here. I mean, I've done a poll on this. Yeah, that's guys. true, like, Skip. We just can't like win. 80, 85% of bodybuilding is conservative. You think? Oh, is that right? Really? Bodybuilding, yes. yes. Yeah. Every okay. time I go to shows, I talk to so many people. It's like the number one thing we t- I talk about. And So we're yeah. only offending 15%. That seems fair, yeah. Andrew. Listen, Jordan Peterson says it best. Like You, you literally risk offending somebody every time you open your mouth, right? Yeah, you kind of oh, do, sure. don't you? Yeah. I mean, yep. uh, me, today me saying that man's a man some people like blow their gasket and say you know that that's the most offensive thing in the world if you're not including a certain other type or be a man man. yeah there was a a yeah there was a girl at starbucks and excuse me a man at starbucks who was it what appeared to me be a girl with short haircut and um he was making her drinks and i said something and referred to him as a her to my wife and she turned to me and she was like kind of offended. And she was like, oh, I identify as a man. And I was like, oh, I feel like she should have he should have had a tag on or something to tell me that. But I, cause I, I really I didn't mean I agree other with people, you know, but, know. but he was a f- gets me. Yeah, he was offended. I will say this, though, too. On that note, this is very interesting. Uh, Victoria met a person who was female to male trans and he had said that he like this was a person in academics and no, we were in uh, Chicago had nothing to do with bodybuilding whatsoever, like zero. And he was like, oh, yeah, I know your husband's podcast. I watched that. They don't have get this. Wow. They don't have a lot of good information about steroids. No oh, figure. Nice. Go figure. So no, they're right. actually turning to bodybuilding content. Uh, so believe it or not, we may have all sorts of people watching our shows that we wouldn't expect, you know? The only other point I was going to make was about Janae. And Janae, at least Janae, you're you're not Janae going Crock. to... Yeah. You're not going to mistake her for a woman. You, so there's not... She wouldn't need a tag. But yeah. that's why in your situation... Wait, you wouldn't mistake her for a man, you well, mean? Because she's got, like, the long hair and stuff? I don't understand. You said no. She identifies as Janae. She identifies as a female, but yeah. she. You're you not said going you wouldn't think, mistake oh, her. Yeah, you would think she's she's dressed as a female. Yes. What ninety percent? So time. you would that's, you that's would expect she was a female. Yeah. Exactly. So that she would want to be considered a female him, based on yeah. her dress. Sure, but the guy at Starbucks, or yeah, guy. Well, okay. I, I don't, it, you know, it, it's one of those weird things where you can't expect people to guess like, or to yeah. know, yeah. like if you're dressing that way, okay. You want to be, look, well, I it's can, hard I to can tell, clearly you know, tell that Janae yeah. wants to identify as a woman. She's a woman and, and a, no, I, no problem. Of course there's no problem, but when it can't be deciphered and you expect us to know, that's a weird yeah. thing to me. That's the part that's confusing. And that's where a lot of people get tripped up and they get frustrated because they're like, well, how the fuck am I supposed to know? Like how? And you yeah. said it. If you don't have a tag or you don't have some way to know, then how are you going to address that person the way they want to be addressed? Yeah. And then you're wrong if you don't get it right. That's an odd one. Well, I think all of us are like nice people. And someone says, hey, I want, if they look like a Sam and they're like, I want to be called a Sarah. We're like, 
Okay. Like it's confusing yeah. in our brains, but we're going to call you Sarah. Cause that's what makes you feel comfortable. Yeah. But yeah. exactly to what you're saying, like when it's very up in the air as to where you're standing today, you know, like yeah. we know you were born a man you're trying to be a girl. Okay. Well, like don't, if you're not completely in the dress or playing part, you know, it's, it's just very confusing because we've been mm -hmm. ingrained for so many yeah. years with man looks like this, a woman looks like that. And just don't be offended by it. If, if you correct us, we're not going to be dicks and be like, no, I'm going to call you whatever, you know, the opposite of what you want to be called. I think yeah. we all no, but a lot of people do rule. that. So that's what fires up both sides <clears throat> and they get pissed. And it's kind of, it's not funny, haha, -ha funny, but it's funny to watch people who disagree, no matter what the topic is, play those stupid little games with each other and yeah. get mad. And then it, it is, it's, you yeah. know, whether it be politics or whether it be about, you know, self-identification and things like that, the games that they play, that both sides play, when it's just kind of a funny thing. It takes me back to, to it's very high school. I feel like I'm usually the one who keeps us on track. And I deviated yeah, from that. I deviated from that script. Off, <laughs> okay, steroids, steroids. We got steroids here. Hey guys, I'm going to take a brief pause to shout out our advertisers. I'm going to try to make this quick, but keep in mind they're responsible for helping us to put these shows out. If you guys want to support our programming, of course you can do so through Patreon. And thank you to everybody who supports the show through Patreon. I will have links to that below, as well as to all of our advertisers. If you shop with our advertisers, you'll get great products, products that I stand behind, and you'll also be supporting our programming. First of all, check out truenutrition.com if you're in the U.S. I use their hydrolyzed beef collagen every day, and I use their citrulline malate, beta alanine, and EAA on days that I train. They have high-quality protein powders and tons of flavors. Hit me up if you have any questions. Use our code THINK over there. You'll get some additional savings, plus you'll support our programming, and you'll get some high-quality third-party tested supplements. If you're in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca. They have blowout deals on top name brand supplements. Uh, they constantly have different things happening. So be sure to go to their site and check them out. I recently saw Carbolin for like 30 bucks off. I mean, you really can't beat those prices. Plus, they have free shipping over $99. If you're in the UK, then you probably already know about Strom Sports. They're one of the leader in health supplements in the United Kingdom. Strom Sports Nutrition has standalone supplements like NAC and Tutka, and they have finished blends like Support Max, a high-quality, well-priced, on-cycle support stat. I have links below to everything. Thanks for watching. Thanks for your support. <laughs> this could kind of tie in with uh, painful shots because sometimes it becomes a question of where's that next shot going to go. Um, James has a question for us. He says, um, could you guys talk about uh, and possibly rank injection site location and rotation? Keep pumping out episodes. Thanks, James. Rank based on preference or based off of what research says? Mm, that's interesting. Because I remember Scott on Muscle Minds uh, discussed the difference between the same milligram injection in the delts versus the glutes about a year ago. Hmm. Remember that? Scott? I do. Yeah. Delts. Um, okay, well, I broke don't down. reiterate what he yeah. said. <laughs> delts broke oh, down a lot I wanted faster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Delts yeah, okay. broke down a lot faster. Like if you take yep. a test sip shot in your shoulder, it's going to break down. I can't remember what the speed was, but it, there was a couple things I like, learned. I learned that it's it would twenty five percent faster, maybe at least, yeah. And yeah, I also yeah. learned that uh, that everybody is going to be so unique with esters that you, you know we think of a long ester as being you know long, but reality there was studies showing test sip to be like for some people just a couple days. So, mm -hmm. hmm. and it, obviously faster even in faster the in the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. I'll go first. Thanks. I like delts first. I like rear delts second. 
I like glutes third. And then after that, if I still need more sights, I'll go to the lat. Um, I tend to stay away from quads just because I've had a few bad ones that made it so I couldn't train. And if I can't train legs because of that, I'm like, why even bother taking it? Um, someone wrote injection and calves are retarded. I can't say the word, but I caught it. But yes. <laughs> I would agree. I would never inject in my calves. Um, I think that's it. Did it once. Oh, you know, and it it, when I need more extra re real estate, I will do triceps as a last uh, resort for smaller injections broken up bilaterally. Fair enough. I, uh, I'm a side doubt guy. There are two. Well, sometimes I get three, but I go front of the side doubt and the rear of the side doubt. Still the side doubt. Um, the reason I do that is because I was born with Barbie shoulders. So the more volume I can get into my shoulders, the better. Uh, my wife rear delts, and it, that's those are my favorites because I can do them myself. Um, then I go to rear delts. My wife will do them for me usually once a week. And then um, I'm a quad. I'm a two points on the quad, the lateralis and the uh, rectus femoris. I have to be very, very careful as I touched on 10 minutes ago with my lateralis because <laughs> if, if I'm just off a little bit, like I have to press real deep and real hard with my thumb to move that shit out of the way. I should do a video of it sometime. Oh, can't not lean anymore. But anyway, you could literally <laughs> see lean. the whole thing move. And I mean, not only was it a ping pong ball, but that bitch was like, it's like this long. Like I can't go high above it like I used to. Because yeah. then I've created that much more scar tissue. Anyway, and, and the main reason is because that's been my go-to for years. And it's funny that you say it's so it's so individual. Because yeah. I love it because it's right there in front of my face. And I have probably only had a nerve jump 10 times in my life. And yet I've created so much scar. I've created so much scar tissue. I had to go to an inch and a half to get below it so the plunger would plunge. plunger wouldn't plunge. I had to stand on that bitch and it wasn't going to plunge. But if I got it down <laughs> below it, then it would plunge again. Then I wasted all that space too. And I'm just basically out of space. <laughs> I, I overused my delts. So I made a mistake no. there and then I couldn't use them for years. And I can again now, like oh. they're, they're okay now, but I just like, I'm turned off to it. Cause I had so many shots that were just so the needle going in was so painful. I've just gone back and I, nowadays I'm just doing like really low amounts of basically TRT plus at most. And so I can do like a glute shot or I've been doing sub Q. I've experimented a lot with sub Q lately. So nice. Yeah. I yeah. don't do glute do like shots. It's, it's fine, man. It's fine. Yeah. The, and the ventral glute was what, how I tore my glute. So I will yeah. never go back in there. And it wasn't the actual injection site. It was a combination of a perfect storm. So I'm not telling anybody that ventral, I think ventral glute shots are great unless you run tight through your hips and mm. then you need to make sure, which is something I do. I think I've talked about it before. I never inject on one side. I always take that dose and split it left, right. Yeah. Always. I figure if a quad is going to be tight, both quads are going to be tight. If a hip is going to be tight back when I did ventral gluteal, then both hips are going to be tight. I'm not going to have an injury again from an injection that made one side tighter than the other, but I hate glute shots. I've probably only done 10 or 15 my whole life. I hate them. What do you Just guys fucking hate them? What do you guys think mm -hmm. is the worst, like often used site, like the, a common site that people use that you guys cringe at thinking about? 
I've heard traps. I, I don't know. I'm not putting a needle in my traps. If you guys do, you guys have giant balls. Well, no, you're saying the most most overused spot, right? What, well, like, oh, what do you what do you think is a bad spot that people use a lot? And and yeah, Andrew Nolan oh. said Nathan Diesha said he does he did traps once. I know people that did tra- back in the '80s. My dad's friends they used yeah, to no, do back in the days. They used to think used that to was the, the place. You used to do yeah, it. Just made, it makes me only do his traps. Yeah, and he's got huge traps. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, remember that bodybuilder, John Anderson? Yeah, with pro. the traps. Yeah. Yeah. He must be putting shit in those traps. Like, I think, yeah, I, I would think like so. Like synthol yeah. or something. He's a cool There's guy, something. so I'm not trying to take away from him by any means. Like, I, I like him as a person, but I, I do think his yeah. traps are suspect. They just look odd. You know, yeah. they do. Either but, that or they're just overly developed. You know what, man? I'm thinking back to a guy... Now that I think, and I never made this connection before, I knew this guy who used to train at my gym named Jerry. And Jerry literally had all traps. He was like, he was your average gym rat bodybuilder who lifted heavy. Like he was a real bodybuilder, but never competed. His traps, I swear to God, were like up to here, man. And I know he did not inject them because he knew very little about gear. He used like yeah. a couple of Sustanon per week when he was on cycle. <laughs> His traps were like up to there, man. It was nuts. Mm-hmm. So biceps and <clears> triceps, <throat> they're not, I, I would put arms in a, in like triceps. I wouldn't do tries. I know guys that really? do Oh, for cringe really? Yeah. Really? Okay. Well, I just feel like the they're small muscles and they're, I feel like they're small muscles and yeah. it'd be easy. I've done it before, but I feel like you're more likely to get an infection or, you know, an, an issue if you, you could hurt. I, I just, I'm not a fan, man. I feel like you could blow something out back there versus if you have glutes, if you have, if you're, unless you need to, somebody who's doing a lot of volume might need to start doing arms. I, I'd stay away from tries. Uh, the only reason I don't hit my arms anymore is because they will not hold. Every single one will seat. Really? Mm. It's weird. Yeah. And it just, out of nowhere, came back to them later with different compound. Will not hold. But yet, back when I was competing a lot in the early and mid-2000s, would hit them rel- religiously, like regularly, uh, without mm. any any problem or anything. I, I don't know what the hell the deal was. I'll still put, which is funny because I put my GH in my buys. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah. It's just something that I it's mean, like, it's, it's, a, it's right there. It, it's easy to I do it my chest. To, you know, like that. Oh, no shit. Okay. If I have a tank top, I'm just like, you do know. you really? Um, I've never done. Pets. Yes. I literally GH with me is like whatever's exposed at the moment. Oh, GH. You know? I was trying to find another question. I didn't hear everything you said. I just thought you were thinking, yeah. I've heard of people doing oil too. Yeah. Yeah, not my thing. I won't mention any name, but I'll tell you this. He's a good dude. He he ran or runs a gym in Colorado, and it's not Armbrust because I don't want to – because that would be the most obvious gym in Colorado. Stop giving clues. But uh, he, he used to take his G8 through his fucking shirts. And I remember busting That's his – like, literally, he'd like, put it into his abs like through his shirt. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, I'll just take my GH. I'm like, but – Pull your shirt up. What are you doing? There's like shit on your shirt. He's like, no, nah, there's I've been fabric doing this for you could have put time. inside of your body. Like yeah, literally, you catch know, a, right? a little bit of the fabric, or you catch bacteria. You catch... <laughs> exactly. Oh, remember um, Dave Crossland did a video with all his injections for one day when he was doing like his crazy cycle. I don't. You probably you guys have seen this. I think it's part of his 
Didn't he have a DVD or like a series? They did a they did a uh, documentary on him called Under Construction. They did two of them. His his quest to the second one was his quest to break four hundred pounds. Yeah. Okay. So he 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 had like five or maybe I'm exaggerating. Probably like three five cc syringes, and he was like literally, and that was like one day's worth, and he did that like every day, and he was doing like his calf. He put like three or four cc's in his bicep. He loved calves. Tricep. Does he? Oh, geez. I, I did insulin. In, of course, it was test suspension. <laughs> so if you think about that, that's pretty dumb. In my calf. And I mean, I was crippled. I couldn't walk for like, I don't know, a fucking week. And it was with an insulin pen. But I, did you lie to everyone and be like, yeah, I think I tore my calf partially? Or Well, I think I was 19, like, so I was probably bragging about it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> to all my friends, yeah, I can't walk because I put suspension in my knee. I'm or so hardcore. I know exactly. Yeah, it's it's one of those things you look back on when you're a kid and you go, God, I was just a fucking moron. Like, why would I even yeah. think that was the coolest shit ever? All right, I'm gonna let's. You know what? So I made a mistake. I took questions from the group. We have like we could do like you guys got like four hours to kill because if so, we've got the content. Um, no shit. Yeah, maybe we could just try to rapid fire through a few of these uh, thoughts on MK six seven seven for someone to use in the off season if they can't afford growth hormone. Yeah, yeah but it doesn't not, compare not to favorite. growth. I mean, it's not a yeah. growth substitute, I don't think. And get ready for anywhere from two to four pounds of water that you'll complain about because it'll make you feel fat and soft. And I know that's shitty. I don't mean it shitty, but that's typically what happens. Mm-hmm. I would say if you're going to dose it, I would do it every other day, not every day. Mm. This is something me and Scott Stevenson had some discussions about, and we were both in consensus about every other day versus every single day. I like the sound of that. We did Scott Stevenson ruined MK677 for me because he had some research. There was a study showing uh, it stopped working for people at various times. They did like a test Mm -hmm. at day after day one and a test after a week. And after a week, there were some people that had like yeah. zero elevations in growth hormone. Like it worked for them after yeah. day one, but after a week, there was nothing. So, yeah. I just want to show you guys my dog's pajamas. Oh, that's oh, amazing. That's, that's awesome. Hi, yeah. Brady. <laughs> <laughs> he seems okay with it, too. He's not like, oh, got to wear my pajamas. Well, he loves it. Yeah, he loves it. That's cool. We train um, him, we give him treats when he puts his clothes on. let's see jake radcliffe says i could use some thyroid help posted labs in the group yesterday Uh, it's a little bit long for us to get into that one right now you know what i actually saved that one because i was going to comment on the post and give some guidance there okay i'll do that um let's see how about uh well we have a cycle critique oh my god i clicked on it because it said read more and it's literally like boom all the way down the page. I, I can't, I can't. But you know, basically, it looks like um, he's got test and NPP and anadrol. Now this is just too much. I can't. I just can't. Um, is it on the forum? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I can show it to you guys because uh, I can't. Can, I can't read it all. Read it and respond too. There we go. It was a lot. Someone someone writes, oh, good luck yeah. reading that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. He, okay, well, let me start with this first uh, without even having to look at it. Yeah. I really don't like it when, 
like, and I know this is probably, probably an old school thing. Cause I know in the forums, people would be like, okay, from weeks one through 12, yes. I'm going to do 600 milligrams of this. And then from weeks 13 to eight, I don't really like planning cycles. I like, that. I don't like to plan cycles, I guess, you know, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a general plan, but oh, this is I don't like Crawford to break things from, down. Okay. Sorry. What's that? Oh, is it, he's I'm a just saying hyper. Yeah. Okay. I don't love breaking down with this specific specificity um, for all these individual weeks and these titrating doses. And you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, you know, pick a few compounds and start them and then use your intuition or your coach's eyes based off of what you need to change. Okay. Absolutely. Um, for instance, man. Okay. So someone gains 10 pounds in their first month and the coach or you determine that, man, you're looking really watery. What compounds are we running and what could possibly be causing that? And how can we improve that situation? You know, that that's my my general line of thinking versus, all right, weeks one through four, I'm going to do this. And weeks five through eight, I'm going to do that. I don't, I'm not really a fan of that method. Because what if you're doing great weeks one through four? Why would you change anything? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, let me ask you, you this. Cycle. If you don't, if you can't set up your training, your diet and your peak week at 20 weeks out, how the fuck are you going to set up yeah. your supplementation? Because if every other variable can possibly change, then why wouldn't you think that the supplementation would have to change and be tweaked based on how you're responding? Yeah, and I don't mean great. that shitty to the guy. Here's no. the thing we got to be careful of, too, is we do say a lot. I know I do. Well, there's not a lot of information here, so I'm not sure. So he may well no. have just made sure, hey, here's all the information. That's and true I see too. what he's doing. He's bringing the NPP down. He's taking, he's putting in the trend acetate, and then he's taking it up. Uh, he's got the oral in there, the anadrol. Then he's pulling it out. Then he's putting it back in. I can see what he's doing. I'm not saying that his methodology is bad. It, it's, it's not. But I'm with you. The breaking down, the micromanaging of the the – the minutia is just too complicated. It doesn't need to yeah. be that complicated and to set it up and think that it's going to run that way. And then there's going to be no changes to it. That's a tough one. That's what I, I didn't get that when I first started, because that's what I saw on the message boards. And I thought that that's what you were supposed to do is have this, you know, this plan and what can end up happening is then you get side effects and then you just keep running with that because you're not thinking anymore. You're thinking about following a plan and, you know, we look at yep, we look at that steroid as being like, well, when I add the trend, it's going to do this. So I'm really excited for this to happen, and the trend's got to be added for that to happen. You know, mm-hmm. good. Call. I mean, all things being equal, if trend didn't have such negative health effects, every cycle would be test and trend probably. Yeah, no shit, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, like year round cycles would be that. test and trend. You know, how much trend can I run before I get negative health impacts? Yeah, right. Um. Okay, how about, um, what about this one? Oh, okay, so I wanted to get this on because he had posted this uh, on a previous show and he brought it to us again. He actually screen capped his comment from YouTube. Um, He says, a question for all the coaches. I truly love the feel and how uh um the scott bench curls work on my biceps especially using uh dumbbells unfortunately i don't do them basically at all because of the fear of tearing my bicep when in the fully stretched position i've seen one too many videos of bicep tears uh tearing the fuck apart 
uh, can you please share some tricks and precautions to make this exercise uh, the safest as possible or roast me for being a pussy and convince me uh, that it is safe either will do thanks guys I won't roast him for being a pussy. I'll roast him for not knowing what a Scott curl is. Because a Scott curl performed the correct way is not going to, it's a preacher curl that will potentially, puts the bicep in a vulnerable position where all the tears happen. I mean, he said that, I think he said, correct me if I'm wrong, that he's seen tears from this exercise. I want to see one video of a tear from someone recently doing a Scott bench curl. Cause I think honestly less than 1% of 1% do Scott bench curls. So just to be clear, because I did go and look, I checked on YouTube and I was shocked at how few true Scott curls there were it being like um, demonstrated with a video and that a few of them were actually preacher curls. Hmm. So a Scott curl is you turn around on a preacher curl essentially the pad is not angled. The pad is straight down and you're hanging over it so that in the stretch position, there is very little stretch happening. I mean, it's, it would be similar to doing literally <clears throat> bending over and doing a concentration curl yeah. with a barbell. But you, but with a Scott curl, you're just basically putting a pad behind the arm so it doesn't move. I mean, that's the best way for me to explain it. It's a preacher curl that is literally straight up and down. There's no angle. And I just, I don't know. There would be no vulnerability there that, that I can think of. You're not going to break it. The reason that it's so was so popular then for, for back in the day is it, I'm assuming, because it's the reason that I would use it, is there's you don't break a sticking point like you do in a preacher curl. It, a preacher curl is tough at the bottom. It gets tough in the middle. Then all of a sudden you can kind of, if the angle's right, you can kind of almost rest at the top. You can't do that with a Scott curl. The rest is at the bottom in the stretch position. But less the peak muscle is and in, less in bicep is firing in that stretch position versus a, a preacher curl where it's firing like a motherfucker in that bottom position. And that's where all those tears happen. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I that's how I, I see it. He's just doing it wrong. He's not doing the same exercise well, I think that he thinks he is. Well, let's – all right. I think first – I think a lot of times people will refer to the pre, uh, the Scott curl as a spider curl now. Um, yes, just I've heard that. Thing. Yep. Yeah. But then secondarily, let's assume that he's doing the preacher curl, right? Because if he's scared, he's probably be, it's probably because he's feeling that vulnerability in the preacher curl position. And as someone, I mean, I have torn my bicep doing um, preacher curls with mm-hmm. 20 pound dumbbells, 25 pound dumbbells, I think it was. Um, you know, so I do think, I mean, well, let's give him some tips here. I, I think do not lead off your bicep workout with doing a preacher curl. You know, do not yeah. put it in that fully stretched position. Like, make sure it's your right. like, third exercise in. So your muscles are fully warmed up. You've already assessed if there's any injury uh, or any potential injury um, that could happen at the joint area. And then secondarily, there's no, there's nothing that says you have to literally extend your arm out, you know, 100, uh, 90 degrees there. You know what I mean? Like, and, and actually, John Meadows was big about this. He wrote it into a lot of his programs. He's like, I don't want you to completely... Uh, elongate your arm. I want you to mm. stop just an inch short. So you're not putting the joint in that vulnerable of a position. And I think doing those two things, he'll be able to do that exercise properly. Now, the reason why I tore mine was because I was literally two days out from a contest, DHT up, estrogen low and no body fat and probably uh, overtrained. 
So it was one. Of, and, and then the crazy thing is two days later on stage, when I hit my front double bicep, I felt it pop again. And oh, shit. A little bit more. Yeah, it was that was not oh. fun. <laughs> what do you guys like to use to start your bicep workout? Like what would be a first exercise that you enjoy and you feel safe with? Um, I really I'm enjoying training. Cable. I, I, I hate to say it, but I mean, I'll use a cable. Now, sometimes I will use a... And this is about positions. This seems to be too difficult to explain, but there are, ah, I can't do it. I'd have to video it to show. I think there are ways to do preacher curls. You know, John makes a, is a very good example. The one thing I would add to that is while you're warming up, I think the full range of motion is actually real good. But when you start to get into the heavier weights, but you know, I'm like that with a lot of warmups. My range of motion is usually more exaggerated for the warm-up exercises or for the warm-up sets than it is when, when I go into working sets. And that is because my brain has always worked to where, okay, if you only warm up in that specific range and you happen to, you get into a working set and you happen to go a little bit further, it's possible that it may not be, <laughs> may not be a good thing. I can so buy that. warm up with a little bit more range of motion. Uh, so there's, there's ways I'd have to make a video, but I would do, I would open with a, a preacher curl machine if it was done the way I would do it and I lean into it and I can't explain it, but I lean into it at the bottom position without full extension. And then I sit back as it comes up and that's a shitty explanation. You'd have to see it to, to really, ju- but I will also open with things like uh standing cable, single uh, dumbbell curls. I mean, I've shown them before. I like that too. I've, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. A standing cable. Things just like to... that are less vulnerable, I I think, and yeah. they don't have that big, you know, that big stretch. And even even to be so specific as to stand back, if you're doing a cable curl, stand back away from the pulley so that the pull is actually forward, a little bit forward versus straight down. Things like that can be a little bit less uh, vulnerable. Another thing too is doing a preacher curl, a cable preacher curl where you're actually standing and you put it in front of a pulley, but you make that pulley, check this out. I got to be able to, because I can explain this one. If your elbow is here, okay, uh, they're supposed to be even and I'm not even. If your elbow is here, then the pulley needs to be here or higher, not lower, because Mm. the lower it goes, then the more stress will be put on the bicep in that elongated position. So keeping it high, then it's similar to be honest, a similar effect as a Scott curl because in the stretch position, there's very little happening. But as you come up, then the full contraction and the most resistance is at the top part of the contraction. But I'll stop there. Those are those are some openers. You got anything you want to add to that, Andrew? What would you start with? Um, it kind of depends. If, if I've trained, say, like back or something before that and I'm pretty warmed up, I might yeah. jump into something a little bit more rugged, I guess, for lack of better terms. But I would, I always start off with some type of cable movement, um, just kind of like I was opened up with for if I'm just doing biceps or arms as a standalone. Yeah, but I really do like crossbody hammer curls. That's one of my favorites. So the good old days when you just like grab the bar, you know, and just started with that and ended yeah. with that. Go to town. Yeah. Yep. All right. Unfortunately, we don't have enough time to tackle all the questions we got. And I feel bad because I asked for questions on Facebook and then we took like three of them. So I'll save all those questions for the next time we record. Uh, And I appreciate everybody who chimed in. I appreciate everybody who's watching on YouTube. 
everybody who's watching live with us on Facebook. Uh, and I appreciate you guys taking the time to hang out and uh, and sharing your knowledge. For real. Go to uh, teamskip.com if you want to work with Skip. He's got a lot more to share. Believe believe you me, people. <laughs> and go to bodyberry.com if you want to reach out to Andrew. Uh, both these guys, fantastic coaches. And you can reach out to me at McNallyDiets at gmail.com. And, of course, check out our sponsors. I mentioned them at the beginning of the show. Thank you to everybody from Patreon. You guys are really helping to make this thing happen. I much appreciate it. And, guys, we will see you soon for another episode of Blood, Sweat, and Gear.